Today, every organization is confronting questions about how AI will apply to their operations, their employees, and their customers, whether it means a significant pivot in their operating models or an opportunity to scale and broaden their offerings all organizations must assess their readiness to deploy AI responsibly without perpetuating harm to their stakeholders and the world. I'm Wyatt Cash with Scoop News Group, and here to share her insights on what steps agencies should consider in realizing AI's benefits is Cindy Carter, Global Chief Information Security Officer at Checkpoint Software Technology. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure having you. Wyatt, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, terrific. Well, let's start uh, by asking, from your perspective as a chief information security officer, what are the top challenges and opportunities that you see uh, organizations that they need to tackle? So, Wyatt, I I feel that there's there it's a very long list, right? I, we could spend all day just just talking about these challenges. Um, but, but one of the things that I, I do like to think about that's especially top of mind as we're wrapping down this calendar year and organizations are looking at, okay, what's next? Um, you know, how do we, how do we future proof our organizations, which I don't really know if that term is, uh, is usable anymore, right? Because how can you proof yourself against the future? But I, I do think that some of the, the cybersecurity challenges that our organizations face today are in some ways very similar to ones that they faced even 10 years ago. Um, first and foremost, technology changes at an extremely rapid pace and, and even faster today than it did five months ago, five years ago, right? Um, you know, think about think about how all the new technology that that has evolved just even over the last couple of years and and how to keep up with it. So how does the IT organization keep up with it from uh, operational support aspect? And then how does the cybersecurity team come in here to wrap cybersecurity around it? So a lot of those challenges come into play when uh, it, it comes to ensuring that we are implementing security, security practices and also still enabling usability and productivity for the organization. So I feel like that's like a challenge number one. It's sort of a dichotomy, right, in, in this industry with cybersecurity. And it, it doesn't matter what type of organization you're in, whether it's financial, healthcare services, telecom services. We have a lot of data that we amass in these companies. And our consumers of that data and, and our customers, if you will, expect us to keep that data private, yet share it with certain folks, right? So here's an example. Um, if you've ever used something like Netflix or something like Spotify, you enter your information into the kinds of choices of movies that you would want to watch or music that you would like to listen to. And that's your data. And then what happens? It makes suggestions based on all of the data that's amassed with folks whose choices are similar to yours. And so we like to have that part of our information shared because getting some of those recommendations is kind of cool, right? Makes our choices easier, makes you feel like you're part of a community. But then at the end of the day, if that data gets compromised or ends up in the wrong hands, well, then there's that feeling of, uh-oh, that, that wasn't such a great idea. So I think just that sheer technological awareness of 
the the data that we're amassing and how to wrap cybersecurity around it is is a challenge. The second thing I will say from a cybersecurity practitioner perspective is, and, and this this goes with really anybody in technology, um, it is it is difficult to to keep people on your teams. Um, there are organizations that you know may have that grass is greener perspective to your employee, or if your organization is cutting back on raises that year and maybe offering stock options instead. Um, you know, employees now, because the tech industry is 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 just booming, they have a lot of freedom of where they choose to work now. So keeping your your workforce and keeping your talent in-house and helping them grow their careers and and find a, a, a path that that not only that they're good at, but that also gives them joy is going to keep them at, at your company. That is sec- a, a second challenge. And then the third part of it, of course, is we'll talk about it because it's end of year, is that that financial aspect or that budgetary aspect. And I was just having this conversation earlier today about the fact that if if an organization or if a chief information security officer who leads security gets an increase in their cybersecurity budget, well, they still have to go and procure certain solutions, technologies, capabilities, hire people. Um, and those costs have gone up incrementally as well. So your budget tends to stay flat, if you will. So even if you received an increase in that budget, it's not going to get you that much further because the things that you have to to purchase and procure have also gone up as well. It's that cost of inflation, right? So I think some of those things, and I just mentioned those top three things, are challenges that are top of mind for cybersecurity and organizational leaders in general. So, and we can we can unpack that a little bit more when it comes to some of the artificial intelligence that I know we're we're going to get into. Well, that's a great segue to the next question. Talk about some of the specific measures that agencies and organizations can implement to ensure that AI technologies are developed and used uh, ethically as well as securely within their organizations. Absolutely. Um, the one thing I, I do like to say is, and, and, and this is actually coming directly from uh, a keynote that I just did, you, you have to understand is with any new capability, and by the way, artificial intelligence isn't new, and we can go into some of that if you would like, um, but you have to understand the, the risks and the rewards, as well as sort of your relationship with that technology and first and foremost, the one thing that I that I encourage organizations to ask is is the why. Start with why. So if anybody here, and hopefully I can name drop this, um, understands or has heard of Simon Sinek, and he has a book that actually is titled "Start with Why," and it is helping you to understand, you know, why is this new technology important to our business? Why do we? Why do we feel that this new capability will help our organization? And then let's unpack, um, unpack rather, the, the what part of it. So the context matters. Um, you need to be asking questions in your organization in order for this to be successful. And by the way, this can go with artificial intelligence or really any other type of uh, capability that you're looking to implement. But you ask, what is the intended usage of this technology for a certain business case, 
because certain business units within your organization or certain business cases may not benefit from the same technologies. So what is the intended usage of it? Let's make sure that we understand what problem are we trying to solve and how will this new capability add value? And then from some of those, those measures that you talked about, as far as making sure that, that we're that we're being mindful as far as the data privacy side of it, that we're being mindful of the security side of things. Um, you know, right now there's there's not a lot of regulation out there around our, our use of artificial intelligence yet. Now, as you as you probably know, especially in the federal space, there is uh, the AI Disclosure Act of 2023 that U.S. Representative Richie Torres introduced into legislation, and that requires that artificial technology has a disclaimer about it, um, basically to the effect of a disclaimer that states this output has been generated by artificial intelligence. And that applies across the board to videos, photos, text, audio, or any other type of AI-generated material. And so you want to help your organization, um, especially from a legal and a privacy perspective, implement the types of of policies and governance within your organization to make sure that we can uphold that. Um, because there's also that, that E word, which is the ethical use of that data and the ethical use of the, the data that we're inputting into an AI learning model, as well as what will we be doing with that output. Well, and then can you highlight some specific measures and frameworks um, that federal organizations uh, should keep in mind to implement to ensure that the ethical and secure use of AI is taking place in their operations, particularly uh, for security measures? Oh, yes, absolutely. There's, it's, it's good to have frameworks because that does help you create a, more of a holistic strategy and when I was talking earlier about uh, what problem are we trying to solve or what is the intended use for this business case, these type of frameworks will help answer some of those questions. Um, NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, has implemented a risk, um, I'm sorry, an AI risk management framework. It's relatively new. Um, it is still uh, open for, for comment, open for input, open for um, making it making it better and more robust. Um, but it does provide, if you will, that that aspect of a framework, and as I mentioned, somewhat of a, a holistic strategy around those types of things. It incorporates the, the, the data and the kind of input that you'll have into your AI model. And then it takes a look at, you know, what, what will those actions uh, look like as far as the tasks that will be performed and the output from it. Um, what will those those types of integrations look like with the the AI model? And then finally, you know, what is that application context? So I mentioned earlier some of those those apps that that we may use ourselves on the um, entertainment platforms. Um, that application context is is super important because not only do you have to plan and design how, um, that business case it revolves around that application, but also how are you going to do the, the care and feeding of it, the operational aspects of it, the monitoring of it, the support of it? So that's sort of that cyclical um, aspect to that framework. And then, of course, you know, it, it, it right there in the middle of it all 
is the, the people and basically the planet, right? Who is who is going to be um, using this or who's going to be the most impacted by this new capability or new technology? So these frameworks are super important to make sure that before we go head dive right into uh, a new technology, a new capability, let's step back for a moment and and have that fruitful discussion around what does this really mean to our organization? How will this business unit or how will this business case benefit from this capability? And and how can we ensure um, the intended use? Absolutely. Well, next I'd like to ask, how should agencies think about concentrating on maximizing the benefits of AI while still minimizing the associated risks? Sure. Well, and, and right now, you know, agencies, just like organizations, are, are leveraging AI for a, a, a wide variety of different use cases. Um, from, from a pure cybersecurity perspective, organizations use AI, um, especially, I know I, I talk to a lot of chief information security officers and leaders, where AI is helping them um, with, with some of those operational aspects to their security operations center. Uh, when you when you think about um, if you've ever seen a, a photo of like a network operations center and there's just a room full of people and screens all around and they're they're staring at screens they're looking at screens they're 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 watching the monitors and and there may be several different types some of those tasks that those analysts perform can get can get very um, repetitive and very sort of mind numbing maybe not as challenging. Um, and so AI can be leveraged to to help with automating some of that mind-numbing type uh, repetitive task work. And then that frees those, those people's minds up for some of the things that we really need those critical cognitive thinking skills upon. And agencies are using that in the same way. Um, they have used it for transportation, um, the Environmental Protection Agency, um, you know, benefits delivery, um, healthcare is leveraging AI as well, as you can imagine, you know, the, the, the amassed data, um, especially around telehealth that has really um, become popular in the last couple of years, uh, post-pandemic and even during the pandemic, of course. Um, but you also have to have those strong guardrails in place to make sure that, that AI is keeping people safe. It doesn't violate their rights. Um, there's even some new roles that are being introduced, um, which is a CTO role, and it doesn't stand for chief technology officer. It actually stands for chief trust officer. And those chief trust officer roles are at the helm of ensuring the, um, the ethical and the, the legal and the, um, some of those, those regulatory aspects, if you will, some of those governing aspects of using AI in your organization. And then lastly, Cindy, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, um, can you point to some examples of how checkpoint solutions are kind of factoring into benefiting government organizations? And um, again, how from a security standpoint, um, checkpoints uh, solutions are uh, facilitating more secure use of AI? Absolutely. Checkpoint is founded upon um, the principle of you deserve the best security. We're not talking about good. We're not talking about better. We're talking about best. And Checkpoint has been in this business for 30 years. Uh, Checkpoint 
lives, eats, and breathes, making sure that the world is a safer place. That is woven through our DNA. It's woven through our culture. And one of the platforms that is behind every single one of our products, whether it's our quantum firewalls, whether it's our product called CloudGuard for cloud security measures, or even Harmony, which is our email and collaboration and endpoint platform, it's backed by something called ThreatCloud. And ThreatCloud, believe it or not, we've been using AI long before it was cool. So Checkpoint's ThreatCloud AI makes 2 billion, yes, you heard that right, with a B, security decisions daily. It has been built on one of the largest big data threat intelligence platforms that are out there. Um, It's got 73 million full content emails, 30 million file emulations. Um, It's it's just uh, the amount of data that has been amassed on this Um, 40 plus engines that are packed behind this threat cloud platform with AI-based features and capabilities. And as I mentioned earlier, every single one of Checkpoint's products is backed by this threat cloud. So this isn't something that, that our federal agencies have to pay extra for when they have Checkpoint products. It's something that comes with. So in conclusion, Wyatt, um, there is a lot of information out there about artificial intelligence, and there can be some reluctance. And then there's also a lot of excitement about what, what this capability, what this technology, and, and what it means for organizations as well as our own households go. Um, so, so here's a thought that I have around that. Um, you know, change makes you vulnerable when you think about it, even change for the better. So when organizations pursue a strategy, that connect these innovative capabilities, innovative security solutions um, to business enablement, meaning solving those problems, asking that intended use of that business case, that is going to involve an element of risk, but not as much risk as failing to take action. And the final example that I have on that is thinking about those brick and mortar stores that we used to have where we would go and rent a video for the weekend or the week or you know, pay our delinquent late fees. But now we have those online platforms that we do. And those are the types of organizations that have embraced these types of new technologies and these new capabilities to offer those solutions to organizations. And they have they have taken the action in order to grow their business, grow their market share, improve their operating model, retain their employees, provide a better customer experience. Absolutely. Well, Cindy Carter, thank you so much for um, stopping by here and sharing some of your insights on um, the ways of looking at the development of AI for federal agencies and how to take more pragmatic and more secure approaches for government agencies. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me, Wyatt. It's been an absolute pleasure.